This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results' Darren Ahern and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, bringing you over 20 years experience. And I also have with me down here, we're in the dungeon at WFMD with the man, the myth, the legend, all the money from Presidential Bank, Mr. Terry Kernan. How we doing? Great, how are you? All right. What's going on? Waiting for, well, we're right on the edge of February, aren't we? Here we go. One and, month and down. And I still have a job after last week's show uh, with Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, big uh, shout out. Yeah, big shout out to Lindsay Warrens for filling in. Uh, I had a funeral on Friday to go to that because the weather was moved to Saturday, so it was kind of a last minute. And Lindsay is who I had talked about the week before getting somebody in to yeah, it was awesome. kind of talk about estate trusts and everything. and. She knocked it out of the park. So. Yeah, so if you missed, um, guys, make sure you go on WFMD in the drop down on your Frederick Real Estate Update or back in my uh, feed for the uh, live feed in the um, Facebook here. Yeah, Lindsay did a great job. Thanks again. She listened. She's going to be a long-time listener she now is. and all that good she stuff. Is. So she did a great job. Her information is on there um, with her phone number and everything and all that so you definitely want to listen to last week's program about estates and how important it is to make sure you get a will and make sure you just talk with her to get all your life order in in place and all that stuff like that so definitely got the conversation with me and my brother and sisters going about our parents and everything else and our own lives and it did it it caused everyone to be like all right we need to think this through do we really have everything in the right place yeah and a couple things that and and the reason i recommended Lindsay is she handled um mary susan She's handling Mary Susan I's estate. Mm -hmm. So she she did a great job, and she, she asks you questions that, you know, she puts you in an uncomfortable zone sometimes. <laughs> you know, she's talking about, you know, <laughs> talking about, you know, you, you, you expiring, you dying. And, and so... How long are you going to live? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but she's very, 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 very good. But the thing that I picked up last week from listening mm -hmm. to the show uh, is I caught the last 20 minutes is... Two out of three people in this country are not prepared correctly uh -uh. for their estate, right. which is an astounding figure. Sure, yeah, I think you would said, yeah, thirty or forty percent of the I people. I did, and and that was kind of like a. And you took the words right out of, the word right out of my mouth. You were like. Wow. Yeah, she looked at me like, no, Darren, that's a little low. Yes. <laughs> like, Do you're wrong. Agree. Stay in your lane. Do your real estate thing, and you just let me do mine. <laughs> and, and what she also said was, just because you have a will doesn't mean you've done it correctly. That was what got me as well. That made, yeah, it's like, all right. Yeah, so don't print something off the Internet. Yes, it's less expensive. Mm -mm. In reality, it's much more expensive to do it on your own than it is to Oh yeah, professional like Lindsay. Yeah, I mean, so so that was good, awesome, yeah, awesome. Great. So great job, and uh, you thanks for taking care of that. You. Anytime you want to know, <laughs> anytime you want to be yeah, away, I already know you got good recommendations and all that <laughs> stuff. So I, you're doing good. All right, let's get right into it. T the numbers, the numbers, the numbers. Here they come. Can you believe it? We've dipped below 250 homes for sale in the whole county, and that includes new. We're down to 243, boys and girls. This is the time of year. It should be cranking. That's good. 125 resales. We haven't seen this in years. Um, 
you know it's going to be crazy if if you keep getting the applications and buyers merging in at like I said early in the program uh, at six or five thirty in the morning on the uh, beltways. If you get that kind of merging coming in now, and we only have that much lane space, which we would call for resales. Um, that's just astounding to me because if we dip below a hundred again, I of resale homes, I don't think us agents are going to believe it because that's like walking into Walmart and half the shelves are literally empty or more, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, days of market forty-four average of the median. The average is actually fifty-six, but the median, which is more accurate, and people say, "What does that mean?" It throws out the high, the lowest of lows and the highest of highs because what happens is. Sometimes we get these properties in Terry, they're on the market for three or four years and the sellers have no intention of selling it, which is crazy, but it messes up all the data. So what we do is it, it crunches down a little bit more accurate and not such the skewed data type uh, within that. So I'm gonna start just focusing straight up on median stuff and numbers. Um, because that's going to just be better in general. I don't want to confuse people. So, and then the median price of the resale homes is at four hundred and ninety thousand dollars. New construction, one hundred and eighteen, thirty-five coming soon. That's what I'm saying. This is the dang problem. That's the number. That, that you gotta that's look for. the number. We should be well over a hundred coming soon. Pending under contract, hanging on with three hundred sixty-three. A hundred and seventy-two of them are new. One hundred ninety-one resales. With an average, uh, I'm sorry, a medium uh, 13 days at 464. And that does include single families and townhouses and condos and everybody. But if we go to just single family homes on the um, under contract that are resales, it's going to be pretty close to that 490 number as well. Because if you drop down, our sold to list price ratio is still hanging on at 99.6. But sold in the last 30 days, 153 homes. Very dismal. Anything under 200 just says, what in the world is going on? And the sold homes that did sell was 11 days median time on the market. Thoughts? Thoughts. Three numbers. 243, total active. Um, that, as we talked about, is a low number. But here are the other two numbers that when you go over these, you hand me what they're going to be. And uh, it's, it's kind of like I look at these two numbers right when you hand me the piece of paper. Yeah. One is coming soon, 35. That's incredible. That's the whole county. Yeah, right. That's not just Frederick That's or Ballinger Creek. Right. That's the whole county. 35 homes coming soon. And like we've told people, that can be up to 21 days before that comes out of the bag. In fact, tomorrow morning, I'm picking up a buyer um, and taking them out to see. And this home that just came active today was coming soon for like two and a half weeks. And so... The, my buyer tomorrow morning is almost like it's a field trip. We've been waiting for two and a half weeks to see this house. Finally, it's here. Yeah. So that just shows you the extent of the time frame that this can cause a buyer to be like, you know. And someone may say, well, why haven't they lost interest? Do you know why this buyer has not lost interest in this house? Location. Number one, it's in the exact community they already own in that they want to have for their children. It's in the same community, Okay. And number two, the reason also why, out of, there's only two for sale, two in their whole search criteria, and nothing else has come up. So, this is it. There's only two. And the first one is out the window, and this one is like new, two years old, and let's go. So, that's why. And then the third number? Yep. Sold in the past 30 days, 153. Yeah. That number 
in a slow market yep. is 300. Exactly. Yeah, that's about right. In an incredibly dismal, like nothing is going on market, mm-hmm. it's 200. And we're at 150. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the number that is really scary is, is nothing is settling. Um, but on the good news, uh, I've seen tremendous pickup in in um, in uh, applications prospects, are up. applications prospects coming. People are I'm getting about one a day uh, over the last ten days. Wow! To give you an idea, who are these people? Are yeah. These the millennials? Who are they? It, it's a combination of uh, downsizers. Okay. Second homes. Okay. Two, two second home people buying second homes, which is which is great, um, downsizers, and then uh, uh, one, two, three first-time home buyers. Okay, that are uh, looking for you know their first house. Uh, Maryland Mortgage Program probably gearing, but we also have a lot of grant money, so that's where I get a lot of the calls. Is you know we've got the uh, Atlanta. Yeah, go ahead and talk about the grants right now. The Atlanta grant that just came back in February fifth. It's going to be live again. And that's fifteen thousand dollars for a first-time homebuyer. Whoa! Yep. Hello. If that doesn't wake someone up from their slumber, let's go. Yeah. That's on what on the February fifth. Yes. There's going to be the fifteen thousand dollar grant for Maryland first-time homebuyers that are first responders, that are okay. community partners, that mm-hmm. are military, anybody like myself or you that are not in those fields. Like yep. A, like a banker, an accountant. Um, uh, the low-paying jobs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The, uh, but somebody that is not a nurse, not in the medical, You're right? Educational, um, very specific type very of work. It uh, gets twelve thousand five hundred. Which what? Is, I was waiting for you to say half the amount, like seventy five hundred. Yeah, yeah. So twelve five, and then fifteen. Yes. Okay. All right. It's forgivable over five years. So, right. And you don't have to be a first-time homebuyer. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there are other criteria. That you don't have to be a first-time homebuyer. We're looking at the veterans. We'll, we will do whatever we can uh, to help somebody get into a house, uh, but we also really like to see the veterans and help the veterans and first responders. Absolutely. And saying about forgivable, um, I have a settlement now that we're doing this week coming up on Monday that is uh, pe- previous, the yes. Kimballs, and they had done the five-year, and then they were there four years living in Damascus in their property, mm-hmm. and now they, the prorated amount is just a very, very small amount that they're paying back, and literally in four years' time, they're walking away with uh, like seventy, eighty thousand dollars uh, from buying back then. So right. instead of renting, and, and their mortgage was low because back then the rates were, you know, a little less than now, and all those. So when you factor everything in, it always wins. It's just another thing that shows it. It almost always pays off and wins to purchase and own and to get in. And if they didn't get the grant and the the student debt, some of the forgiveness and this and that and all this other stuff that you knew about, if they didn't get that kind of stuff, they could not at their young age, first time buyers, they could not have been able to purchase that property, boys and girls, which means they would probably be still renting today and they would not have seventy or eighty thousand dollars from the sale of their property I just got them. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, is that incredible or what? Yeah. And, and the other thing, Darren, is is that um, I, I was talking to a, a parent saying, oh, my my, uh, uh, my daughter and her boyfriend or fiance, they want to buy a house. And I said, okay, that's great. Um, 
But I told him, now's a bad time to buy. And I said, why would you do that? What? And they said, well, the rates are too high. Oh. That is the number one thing that is stopping people from buying a house. It is. Is the rates are too high. Let's talk about the positive of the rates being too high. A lot of people are thinking like you are, so they're not your competition. Yeah. When the rates come down, which we've started to see them come down, when they start to come down, people get more and more uh, enthused about buying because, hey, rates are down. If you buy at a high, then you have less competition. The uh, appreciation on homes is not going up. But let me repeat again. You have less competition on the house that you want. Instead of four or five people, you might be the only person and then might be sitting on the on the market for 20 days and you can ask for closing cost help to get it. Exactly. Right yeah, okay. possible, yeah. But buying when the rates are high is not a bad thing because in the next 12 to 18 months, we are going to refinance you out of the high rate and get you hopefully something in the fives. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, all righty. Um, what else? What else you got? So let's talk about the economy a little bit. Oh, this scares me. There's good, bad, and ugly. Go ahead. (laughs) So the GDP is the gross domestic product. Yeah, what was that saying? This kind of tells us the health of the economy, Mm -hmm. and this is what people, this is what people go by to figure out how healthy our economy is. Okay. So if it's not a healthy economy, what happens? You have a negative GDP growth. We're talking growth. Right, growth. So the GDP growth last month was supposed to come in at around 2%. Okay. okay? That means that it grew 2% over the previous three months. GDP is always measured in a quarterly basis, but it is really looked at on a yearly basis. Okay. okay? So the second quarter or third quarter of 2023 – the GDP jumped up 4.9%. Everybody went, whoa, unbelievable. Yeah. I can't believe. This time they said, well, it's going to cut back. It's going to be around 2%. came out at 3.3%. Wow. Okay. So Thursday morning they, it was released, 3.3%, way above expectations. What does that mean? That means that the economy is doing extremely well. So the word recession was being talked about and continues to be talked about, but on a lot smaller basis, is that the um, recession is when you have a shrinking economy. Right. And that is when your economy has a, instead of growing by 2.2%, it it decreases. It it doesn't grow by 2.2%. Is that deflation? Is that, no, no, deflation's different. Deflation is totally different. Uh, but the GDP, when it contracts for two quarters in a row, then they then call they it technically have a recession or can call it a recession. So that number shows that it's very strong. What is GDP? Gross domestic product. Everybody says, oh, GDP. The easiest thing to explain is that it's the measure, it's the monetary measure of the value of all final goods and services. So those goods could be gasoline. They could be uh, they could be rent, they could be uh, attorney services, my service. All that is added together, and it's figured out each quarter on how the economy is doing health-wise. So our economy is doing very healthy. Now, around the globe, not a lot of economies are doing as right. well as we are, okay? 
one of the things I said was, well, why are we doing so well? And why is, you know, and the thing is, is we keep spending, right? Yeah. So I said, wow, that's great news that we keep spending. Here is my word of warning to everybody listening, especially Chairman Powell, especially the Federal Reserve governors that always listen to our show. Here's my word of advice. People are still spending. Our economy is still robust. Things are going well. Uh, next week, we're going to have the jobs numbers come out. That'll be big. That's going to be a big number. But let's talk about part of the reason that we're still spending money is our we're putting it all on credit cards. Yeah. And that is scaring me. That is really, really scaring me. I believe that if we have a crisis going forward financially, it's going to be tackling our credit card debt. You say, well, what's the big deal? Let's talk about what the numbers actually are. Last year, I sat in the same exact seat and I said, you know what? We added $120 billion worth of credit card debt in the last 12 months. That's outrageous. Yep. We were at $920 billion last year right. at this time sitting in the same seat. Guess what it is today? It's like $1.1 or $1.2 trillion. It's $1.08 trillion. Yeah, $1.1 almost. So as I said uh, quite a show back, if we take the word trillion out, okay, mm-hmm. it's $1,080 billion that people have racked up in credit card debt. That's the most ever. The other biggest high was $770 million. So we've taken that number and we've shattered that number. And what we're taking a look at is, and this is what scares me about our economy is, yes, it's robust because people are spending, but the average person in the United States has $5,900 on a credit card standing. You know what the average interest rate in credit cards are today? 24%. 21%. 21. Unbelievable. But they go as high as 30%. Yep. That basically means that you're... That, that that debt is not going anywhere. Right. I'm getting calls, which is very scary. This is what I will know. How many calls calls are you getting about refinancing to pay off these credit cards? I'm getting them, and I'm getting them from financial advisors. I've got somebody (coughs) that needs help. I've got somebody that's got to get out of a pickle. I'm also getting calls from people, and they're just asking. It's It's kind of like asking a doctor about yourself, but you phrase it, I have a friend. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of what I'm seeing is is people are saying, well, I heard that, you know, it's not good to take money out <clears throat> or refinance right now. And I'm like, well, it depends if the person needs cash to pay off the $2,000 a month credit card bill. Right. And that's what I'm seeing. So that's scary. So U.S. $5,900 average on the credit card. And you say, well, that's not a whole lot. Japan, $2,900, so half. There you go. Yeah, half the debt. Okay. UK, $2,300. Mm-hmm. Germany, $2,000. Uh, China, $1,700. Average person in China, yeah. $1,700. Wow. Okay, so, so that's what scares me is the average person has $6,000 on their credit card, and that's only growing. That number was in the 4000 44, 4,600 just a year ago. That's the big thing. How much is it growing? So our next refi boom is going to be as big a cash out refi boom um, that I've ever probably experienced in this market. Right. uh, Because of 
the credit card debt is making our economy healthy. We're still buying, yeah. but we're putting it on the credit cards, and that scares me. And people are – that's the thing that I listened to a podcast, Terry, last night driving um, back up from D.C., and that's what they were saying. This guy had said that the scary part is of how many people are – we have so much equity in the homes still because values of homes haven't gone down. And so, therefore, everybody's thinking, well, it's just like an ATM machine. I'll just refinance my house, pull 50000 out, pay off credit cards, and go to Tahiti. And it's like, are you kidding me? We cannot afford to go with another 2008-9 scenario when we saw before mortgage meltdown, when we saw so many people scrambling to try to get their equity out of their home to save their life, if you will. And so that's the thing that um, you just, I mean, I, I've said it before, Terry. I, I know, I know that... Uh, you know, I know there's hardships and I know there's medical, but unless it's like a real legitimate hardship and a medical or this or that, but there's just seems like there's no constraints on someone being able to refinance and take cash out and things like that. And it's true. Freedom, choice. You own your, you know, you don't own your home till it's paid off, but ultimately, um, but at that, 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 in that case though, it's just not a good financial decision to take that risk or to go into more debt and such like that. And so it's a tricky one. It really is a tricky one. You know, it's because in the long run, you know, you had like our grandparents and such like that. They, my grandparents, they lived to be in their nineties, almost like over 90 and their house was, they had their homes paid off. They put 20% down and they had their homes paid off in 20, 25 years. And then they literally had 30 years or more of no more, 40 years of no mortgage payments. Can you imagine that? So when they passed away, they had what was known as a real true golden goose egg, a real nest egg. They really had money to pass on. And so that's what I think in the long term is scary to me is how many people are, are not having emergency funds and not, I'm not doing the Dave Ramsey thing, but I am for a minute, having emergency funds and having no debt and paying it off and then having three to six months of savings in the bank and then being able to save up, save up, save up and live in the same or lower means, even if they get a pay raise and all those kind of things like that. And that the biggest point is never to pay attention to your home's value as an ATM machine ever. Get that thing paid off at some point and then take all the money you would have put into a mortgage and invest it or whatever it is, or have fun in life before you die, you know, and live more smart. And that's what we don't see people doing. And I'm trying to do that with my kids. I know we're talking real estate, but I'm trying to, for me, I'm trying to prepare my boys as fast as I can to be able to be in a good position to be able to purchase and not have no debt, not have a car payment, not have anything, but to be able to put down five, 10% and then be able to take advantage of the grant monies and everything, and then to get into something and not have to uh, rent for a long time or nothing at all, right? Mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. All right. Anything else? Let's get into this. Speaking of, we got five minutes left. Terry, speaking of what's coming, I don't think I had read this before, but this is huge. No, all right. If you would have you're laughing. All right. You guys need to pay attention. This is huge what's coming up right here. You ready? All right. This is unbelievable. This, this is the game changer of game changers that everybody needs to pay attention to, all right? 
The fact is we have 337 million people in this country and about 110 million households, 72 million millennials. Who are these awesome people coming up the escalator? They're all between. They're, they're our children. <laughs> they're 26 to 30 years old. 34. They're 34. just 34 years old. They're just sticking down the video game controller for five minutes and putting away the bonbons. All right, no, 40 million. Check this out. They're predicting, Terry, and you've probably heard this before. Lawrence Young from NAR talked about this here, Dutch's daughter, last month. 40 million of them are going to purchase a home in the next five to seven years, and if you do the math, that's about seven to eight million homes per year, assuming they all don't buy at one time, which they won't. Assuming that, that homes, we're going to have seven million current homes, but right now we're having about five million homes per year, and we're already short nearly, I believe, if this is still the number, about 200,000 homes per year. We are short of building just to maintain and give the population growth the housing that is the demand in place already. So we are going to have a continued shortage of housing. Now, somebody says, wait a minute, if we have a recession, a job loss, if we see foreclosures and short sales and all this stuff and people bailing and having to sell, well, then there's no shortage. No, there still is going to be a shortage because these millennials, <laughs> these millennials are going to get kicked out of mom and dad's basements like mine eventually, and they're going to need a house to live in. So we are still going to see a continued shortage, in my opinion, based on just factual numbers um, in general. So what comes to your mind about some of that? So I just want to be very clear here so everybody that's listening is very clear. We're predicting 7 to 8 million homes per year is what the millennials will be Buying. Yeah, the demand of the millennials, 40 million of them out of 72 million are looking, they're going to be pretty much able to buy. And today's numbers, everybody buys about 5 million. Yeah. Constitute. So you're saying today's numbers of 5 million, when you add in the millennials, it's not going to go to 12 million. No, it's not going to go to 12. We're just going to need seven. Seven, but seven. Seven to eight. Yeah, yeah, so our volume of real estate sales coming up in these new numbers, I mean, the, the next few years, we could start to see and ramp up from five million to five and a half to six to seven and maybe higher, depending on interest rates, jobs, and a bunch of other things in the economy. We could go as high as eight million homes sold per year in the United States just because of the fact of how many of those guys are forming, as we call forming households in the United States states mm -hmm. so that's incredible yeah so that's what we're seeing there um that is something that is a wild number and so i heard this and i studied this and we look at this and we're just like that is amazing so all right affordability though here's the big thing with affordability and as we have one more minute on the show terry the biggest thing is as rates continue to decline it opens up more affordability for lower rates and payments for people which is going to be good and then values are going to keep going up because of that demand still staying there so therefore it's is it really going to close how much of that gap and as a whole the average single family home in the united states right now is right around four hundred thousand dollars and i also heard in a podcast that means the average family income needs to be no longer seventy two thousand to buy an average home in america it's a hundred and eighteen thousand dollars your honor and in our area five hundred thousand as we know by our numbers of the average which is a hundred thousand more than the average in the united states which is seven hundred dollars a month more 
in a payment than the average home in the United States in our area alone. So I know we're going to be finishing up here. Here's the last thing I'm going to share, Terry, is that values. The last good news is that values need to come down $100,000 or 15 to 20% to be in line with the average. And I don't see that happening. So my advice in the end of the show is save your nickel, dimes, and penny. Call Terry, grant money, and we're here to help you out. Buy now. So, all right, guys, take care. Have a great, great weekend. Happy buying and selling from your Frederick Real Estate Update. Take care now.